It is party time. Welcome to another episode, a Wednesday episode of the Chad Prather Show. We're going to get after it. Um, what do I need to tell you guys? First of all, watchchad.com is where all the fun stuff is. I want you to head over there. And if you're anywhere near the Pittsburgh area, if you're anywhere in Central America, Central United States of America, Get in your car and drive. Next week on the 4th, I will be in Oakmont, Pennsylvania at the Oaks Theater. Come check it out. And uh, all over the country, bouncing around, watchchad.com. On the couch, he has been on the show, but only via Skype. And I'm happy to have him in the studio, actually in the flesh, uh, looking like Panama Jack, just shining <laughs> over there. Larry Alex Taunton. Larry. Hey, it is great to be with you, Chad. I, I love your digs. This is a... This is a pretty cool setup you got going here. Yeah, people come into this studio, and it can be a little overwhelming sometimes. Of course, you're no stranger to being on a camera and being in studios, but sometimes people come in here, and this place, this studio is such a big cavernous it is. building, and then they come in here, and they're like, oh, wow, this is pretty sophisticated. Yeah, I'm not sure that I could hit the crew over there with a three-wood, <laughs> so uh, they're... Uh... They, we used, when we were in the old room, when we had this studio in the old room, the guys were just like right there. Now they're, they're you know, 50 yards away from me, so... Yep. Uh, anyway, I'm okay, glad you're here, shot, man. Though. I'm glad you're here. Hey, I'm glad to be here. It's great to be in Dallas. Great to see your studio. Great to hang out with you. Great to finally meet CJ. Yeah, CJ. Uh, awesome. So it's been uh, it's been it's been terrific. We all went to dinner last night in Dallas and had a great piece of beef and some good good fellowship and time together. And it so was we're very pretty, good. I, I've been in your home and, and in Alabama, and you and I have become close friends over the last couple of years, and I appreciate your input, and I was able, thank you, by the way, for letting me come in and be a part of your podcast, which we taped this morning. Sure did. It was great. So you're in Dallas and doing some things here in a, in a studio, and so you were like, it worked out perfectly. So yeah, it did. And uh, you treated me to a great dinner last night. Thank you, by the way. Yeah, Thank you also for lunch at, uh, at <laughs> Yummy's or, uh, you know, wherever we ate. But that was... Yummy Tie, right across was, the street. <laughs> that, was, yeah. that was terrific, and, uh, and I really enjoyed the recording today. You know, it's fun. To, you look forward to those days you have somebody who's sitting in the chair that you know is a friend of yours. Yeah. Yeah, that isn't always the case. And uh, when, you, when you have that, it's just great. So it was fun. Well, there were certain things that I wanted to ask you last night at dinner, and I want to ask you again, because you've been on the show. We've talked about numerous topics, and we're going to talk about them today, too. We've talked about Ukraine, and we've talked about your 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 book, Around the World in Over 80 Days, uh, various things that you've had going on. And I encourage people to watch your podcast, listen to your podcast, all your content, follow you on Twitter, because you're my kind of thinker. I like the way you think. I like the way you communicate it. And uh, you, you tend to understand the concept of not only critical thinking, but humor. And I appreciate that. You were in Europe for how long working on a new book? Just recently. Uh, yes, I was there for three months uh, earlier three this months. year. Yeah, I headed over there to it. But bear in mind, um, so much of my work, one of the things I really like to do, Chad, is I like to get out and meet the people, and you do that here in the United States with all your concerts, your events, sure. the things you're doing in that way, coming and sitting on my porch at the lake and smoking a cigar with uh, with me. I uh, I like to get out in another way. Part of that is, is travel through my writing um, and engaging with just ordinary people. But what inspired this particular trip was that I was taking a look at the World Economic Forum, which was meeting in Davos in January of this year. These are crazy people. And um, there's just there's just no substitute 
for being there. And too often, as you and I know in our world, a lot of people are who are who are commenting on the news, they're just pontificating from you know, from New York or 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 DC. Yeah. And their world becomes increasingly insular. They don't they don't really know what's going on in America. They don't know what's going on anywhere. And I thought, you know, I want to I want to get over there to Davos, and I want to see what's happening over there. I want to see who these people are, and um, and just as I expected, the things I saw that you wouldn't see on TV were, you know, or on the internet were were pretty amazing. And then also while I was over there, I was hitting a few other countries with some other projects that I have going on. So you're telling me when you go to Davos and you go to one, as we've talked about, Davos is not an easy place to no, get to. No, it isn't. So this is a very secluded part of Switzerland yep. where the world's elites, if you will, come together and determine our financial futures. <clears throat> you mean they're not being altruistic when Klaus Schwab and the WEF gets together and talks about how beautiful life will be when we yeah. finally embrace oh, a financial nothing. utopia? Yeah. You will be happy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so you were actually you were there. I was there. Yeah. And is it kind of, uh, and do you get the sense when you're there that it's kind of this elitist crowd, like we're a little bit better than you? And yes, we're- without a doubt. These are these are people that you know you run into them in the you know the study of history. I'm a historian by training, and uh, you know there's constant debates over figures like let's say uh, Ivan the Terrible or Nero. <laughs> do these people? Do these people? I mean, obscure academic debates. Uh, did these people lose their minds? And and I tend to think no. It isn't so much that they lost their minds. It was that anybody who has so much money that everyone around them kisses their ass and yeah. and they're people who can get whatever they they can order life in such a way that nothing is not the way they want it yeah. then any little disturbance in their life feels like a traumatic event and when you're talking about billionaires like this i mean you're talking about just how to get there okay well i was coming from rome so i took i think four trains to get from rome near davos Mm. but then i took a taxi from a nearby um town you know drove an hour in order to get there this is a mountain retreat it's a mountain they're they're all over the alps they're all over the pyrenees it's a ski town but you get there and you feel kind of like you're in on her majesty's secret service you know telly savalas you know up in that that (laughs) that ice mountain you know retreat you remember that and uh, you picture klaus schwab you know petting a cat you Mm -hmm. know i mean he he just is that that sort of individual but see the way they get there so i spent a day going a, a, a distance that by U.S. standards is really not that particularly far. They flew in to Davos in their private jets, right? but they couldn't be bothered to drive from the airport into Davos, so they took helicopters. Wow. Helicopters. Helicopters from the airport into Davos, where they were then picked up by a fleet. I posted this all over my Twitter. Uh, Fleets of, you know, not the starter uh bmws and mercedes not the electric ones either these were the big you know gas guzzling sorts and the hypocrisy is just it's just palpable Mm. that they're there to then lecture the rest of us on how you need to be an electric you know smart car which you really don't even need to drive very much you need to get rid of your electric stove we need to get rid of cattle we need to get rid of all these things because they're causing carbon emissions and it's destroying the planet yeah i'll see you i've got another gig i'm going to go get in my helicopter to go to the airport to then get in my private jet and go to the next gig where i talk about carbon emissions this is who these people are (laughs) 
<laughs> and that, that reminds me. So Hillary Clinton, she tweeted out, I don't know, I guess it was yesterday. Uh, she Hillary Clinton tweeted this this graphic <laughs> about MAGA Republicans. You can you can thank the MAGA Republicans for the hot summer weather. And it's, she said they're pouring fuel on the climate crisis fire. This is Hillary Clinton. Boy, and, she looks, golly, she looks rough in that. Uh, can you imagine waking up to that? Um, no, no, just, I can't. Just a dim light. You're, a little, you're still a little tequila wow. drunk from the night before and you roll over. Hey guys, is that photoshopped? Is that legit? <laughs> that, is, that is frightening right there. She looks like Beetlejuice. Yeah. No, that's not a good looking woman at all. Um, I understand why Bill stepped out <laughs> the, uh, often. The, um, she does but, appear to have some UV rays, sun damage. Yeah, well, so maybe the sun is. I posted <laughs> underneath the tweet that she said it was a picture of her getting on actually Dan Bilzerian's uh, private jet walking in there. I just posted it from behind her getting on the jet. I said, "Is this you?" You know, because yeah. again, it's it's do as we say, not as we do. Yeah, but you course. can blame. I promise you, Hillary Clinton has a bigger carbon footprint than I do. Yes, probably a bigger foot. Probably. But- <laughs> she is she is um that's just the way these people think and it's why i urge people don't call them elitists excuse me elites call them elitists because elites is a bit of a compliment to them elitist is who they are because they think they're better than you they think they're better than me they think they're smarter than you they think they're smarter than me and thus they're exempt from the rules so you have guys like bill gates on the one rare occasion i i did a podcast on this where gates is is confronted by a member of um, the media. I think it was Sky News. I'm not not exactly sure who it was. Who said, "What do you say to those people who say that you're, you know, you're being hypocritical in telling people to reduce their their carbon footprint when you're flying around on a private jet?" And uh, Bill Gates said, "I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable with you know with with my role in this." And yeah. I, I meaning. Who are you to question me? You you can't question me. I'm going to impose legislation, policies, laws, you know, down on you via the contributions I make to various campaigns and individuals in order to change your life. But me, I'm exempt from these rules. This is the way they think, and this is why they have to be confronted. Yeah. We're starting to see something interesting happen today. I don't know if anything's going to come from it or not, but Hunter Biden, he's another one who is he's above the law. Yes. He doesn't do he doesn't obey he doesn't go along with the rules of society that you and I do because we can just ring my dad and we can get him on the phone and again we know at this point in time I mean anybody that denies it is just being stupid or or blindly ignorant on purpose we know they peddled influence Hunter was a shell company for his dad to do that and they thought he was getting this sweetheart plea deal and today apparently it has unraveled so uh, real quick, Brandon, play clip number 15, please. Breaking news out of Wilmington, Delaware, from the Hunter Biden plea deal hearing. Our Kara Scannell just ran out from inside the courtroom. Kara, bring us up to speed. Yeah, John, so as we as I went back into the courtroom, the hearing had just begun again. The judge was back on the bench and she was pressing the prosecution on this investigation and the four corners of this plea agreement. One of the prosecutors said that the investigation was very much ongoing and that she asked him, well, what is not covered in this plea agreement if you are leaving the possibility for there being other future charges? So then the judge said, would this include a possible fair charge that's not registering as a foreign agent? The prosecutor said, no, the deal would not include that. It was at that point that she had said to the prosecution, um, you know, 
if you are not if you can charge that, then what does this mean? And the prosecutors, she asked Hunter Biden's attorneys about that, and he said, well, then there's no deal. And the prosecutor said, then there is no deal. So Biden's team said that the plea agreement, as far as they understood it, was now null and void. They were moving ahead to talk about what the next steps would be in this case. So as of right now, the deal appears to be dead and off the table, uh, and it remains to be seen how they're going to move forward. But he has been charged with those two misdemeanor tax evasion charges. Uh, but one thing we learned is that this investigation is very much still ongoing. Yeah, I mean, they wouldn't they wouldn't treat me and you the same way on this misdemeanor tax evasion deal. Of more one, than a million dollars. Yeah, 1.8 million. Multiple years. Something like that. Uh, and writing off hookers and, and stuff like that. Speaking of carbon footprints, this guy's smoked enough stuff. Surely he's burned out some ozone. He, 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 or, or snorted it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's snorting ozone, huffing it, whatever. But this it's it's interesting. So they, for them to use this language, the investigation is ongoing. Yes. We'll see. Again, it's always a we'll see, but is there any teeth to anything ever? Well, probably not. And in, uh, what's not said in there, conveniently on CNN, is that um, they tried to have the the investigation removed mm-hmm. from the court docket. And this was this bogus call being made from Hunter Biden's law firm where they're pretending, yeah, yeah, hey, can you can you get that removed? But pretending to be from another another representative calling in but what's funny is that is that the the court you know the the receptionist saw on the uh the caller id the name of the law firm that was actually calling i mean which is (laughs) i mean this this is really this is really um keystone cop level sleuthing that that they were doing to try to get the investigation removed from the uh you know from the court proceedings but it's absolutely incredible no we definitely wouldn't get that Uh, i just recently this is this this maybe give people a little picture of something like this how this works for ordinary people we got a notice from the irs that we owed additional money to the IRS and it said it was because my wife was receiving um, unemployment benefits Uh, well she hasn't received any unemployment benefits ever neither have I Mm -hmm. so we tried calling the IRS you know that a number he called 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 nobody answered we never got it we never got any human being on the phone so um, eventually we got a law firm involved because we kept getting notifications but we would write we would call we would get nothing well and also the the document said that we were receiving she was receiving unemployment benefits from Puerto Rico. Oh, wow. Where she's never been. Right. Ever. It has taken us well over a year with a lawyer to finally get an IRS judge involved to declare, you guys don't owe us any money. Yeah. Well, gee, thanks. Now, could you play the law firm for, uh, (laughs) you know, to acknowledge that this was a fraud case and that it was your incompetence that required us to have a lawyer involved in the first place because you don't you're not answering the phone. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. And the kind of money we're talking about here was, I think, fifteen hundred dollars, virtually nothing. But what do you think would have happened if I had said, screw that? I'm not responding to this 100%. letter. I'm not responding to this. I, they would have been on me much quicker than they would have been with a Hunter Biden who owns owes millions right. in back taxes. Exactly.
Ah, boy, I love bureaucracy. Um, let's tell you what, let's do. We're going to talk more about this stuff, but I'm going to go to a break. Before we do, I want to remind you guys, you haven't heard me talk about it in a while, but you have heard me talk about it for years. iTarget, if you have one, you know what I'm about to tell you. They have taken their product to the next level. Uh, if you've ever seen those competitive shooter practice timing drills out on the range, imagine being able to do that at home anytime you want. You don't have to spend a dime on ammo. Well, that's what the new iTarget Cube is all about. The iTarget Cube is fully compatible with your existing laser bullet. I just like saying laser bullet. That's cool. You can buy one or you can upgrade to the three pack and it gives you a really cool, unique training experience. You can compete with your friends. You can practice the clearing drills. You can use a random mode to test your ability to react. And the system is going to time every shot you make. So right now, I'll save you 10% plus free shipping with offer code CHAD. I spell it Chad. When you go to itargetpro.com, itarget comes in all the calibers that you need from 9mm to 223, so you can train with almost any firearm. It's the easiest, most cost effective way to train and pays for itself in a single day. That's the letter I, targetpro.com. Itargetpro.com. Don't forget, offer code Chad. We'll be right back. All right, uh, so the LeBron James, Bronny James thing, you know, he has cardiac arrest. And um, the, uh, the we were debating during the break is whether or not any of these elites have ever had the vaccine. Yeah, I was going to ask you, I mean, do you, do you think Bronny James – do you think he took it? Do you think he now, actually LeBron took it? LeBron the... came out with a quote a while back who said, we got together with my family and we decided it was in our best interest. Of course, this is the party line, right? It was best interest that me and everybody in my family were going to get the vaccine, and they said they did it. Now, again, I don't believe Joe Biden's had it. I think that all of that crap was staged, and they were probably putting a little saline in his arm, you know, when he was in his little whatever mock-up studio that fake fake uh, oval office fake oval office and so they kept making a parade out of that i'm not sure that any of these elites listen i'm i am reasonably intelligent i'm certainly not the smartest guy but but i got common sense and you're not just pumping some crap inside of me i gotta believe that these people who are worth millions and even billions of dollars i mean lebron james is a commodity and brandon you made a great point Actually, make it again. Yeah, so LeBron spends about $2 million per year just on, like, nutrition and fitness. Mm -hmm. So he's incredibly dedicated to that, and he has the best training staff money can buy. So I sincerely doubt they told him to take this, because I'm sure they looked at the underlying science. And as, you know, one of the most valuable professional athletes on the planet— there's absolutely no reason to risk it. So, And initially, while he did come out and say— I'm making the best decision for me and my family. He initially caught flack because he said he wanted to look into it more. Mm. And it was after that where he finally was like, yeah, no, after looking into it, we're all definitely going to take it. So, yeah, I don't believe I don't believe the majority of these athletes actually took it. Well, and, and I go back to who would have thought that one day I'd be quoting the wisdom of Ice Cube. But in his little conversation with Tucker Carlson in the back of the car, well, it was a weird interview, but... It's a good interview. Uh, he said, you know, they make these decisions, and, and if they're wrong, there's no repercussions. Talking yeah. about the people who force this stuff. But if I decide against it, I face the repercussions. Yeah. It's so, well, and you can't sue anybody. You can't sue anybody. And you can't say, you know, you can't come out and say, yeah, we weren't vaccinated. If you're in that world, you had to say you're vaccinated, yeah. whether you are or not. You had to. Um, because again, they were going to penalize you. They, uh, you well, look at what, Kyrie Irving, uh, Djokovic. I mean, the best tennis men's tennis player in yep. the world. They wouldn't even let him come in the country. Yep. You know, so I don't know. I don't know. 
It, um, I, I think I agree that it seems unlikely that these guys probably did take it. But if they did, um, it's going to raise some very interesting questions yeah. uh, as it relates to, you know, you have young men. You know, it's not just Bronny. You see several young men who have uh, young athletes who are collapsing. Yeah. Is it related to the vaccine? I don't pretend to know that, but it certainly seems to be uh, anomalous. It's, and it's becoming more and more prevalent now. Yes. Statistically and historically speaking, black male basketball players do suffer more cardiac issues in that sport, in that world, okay? You can go back even prior to the mRNA vaccine, and there are evidence there's, you know, people have had heart attacks. Yeah. Young people have had, you know, soccer players particularly, they have an enlarged heart. I mean, they, they're like polo horses for crying out loud. Yeah. They run all over the field nonstop. And so, but now you literally, whereas you had some situations, now you got a lot of situations yeah. like you got thousands in yeah. Europe of soccer players who have dropped dead mm-hmm. at this point. And they're not talking about that. Yeah. You know, uh, it's it's pretty incredible to me. I, I'm going to be interested in watching how um, this story plays out, because it's one thing if we're talking about a teammate, mm-hmm. you know, of LeBron James, that this happens. But a parent's parents get quite emotional about their own children. Yeah. And if there was some kind of back. Uh, room dealing on this hey you know you, th- we want you to say this publicly but we won't make you take the vaccine I, or if he did actually take the vaccine I, I think you're going to see a pretty vocal LeBron James yeah if he has any reason to believe that, that in any way shape or form person, so I yes be. he is yeah uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that comes out. And of course, I, you know, I, I wish the kid the best. I mean, I don't, I don't like LeBron James as a, as a person. He and I wouldn't get along in a conversation probably but um, I don't wish any ill on his kid or his family. No, well, I mean, certainly so, not. You know, so it's a, it's a horrible thing. Um, the, uh, <laughs> you know, you talked about, we talked about the World Economic Forum and all those guys, and I don't know if you saw where, you know, Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House Press Secretary yesterday, she or day before she actually doubled down on the fact that the Biden administration is now coming after your water heater. So they want to get water heaters obsolete by 29. Yeah. So you and I have been in enough third world countries. We're, we're good at cold showers. We've also you've, you've been in a relationship with a woman for a long time. You're probably good at them as well. So it looks like this is what we have to look forward to. It's the way these people think. Um, <laughs> will they have hot water? Will they be eating bugs? Will they not. be um, still have gas stoves? Well, of course they will. Um, but they really think, you know, uh, C.S. Lewis once said the worst kind of tyranny is that tyranny which is exercised for your own good. Yeah, It's that person who tyrannizes you with a clear conscience because they really believe that what they're doing is really for your own good. And that is the way a lot of these people think and it's interesting because when i was by the way um you know going back to davos when i was there just sitting in a coffee shop engaging some of these people in conversation and they say wef world economic forum they say are you here for the wef yeah uh, so the weffers i was just pretending to be <laughs> i was just pretending to be a weffer and um and so people would talk to you quite openly because they just thought I was one of them. And what you begin hearing them saying is some astonishing stuff that just, you know, not very long ago, people would have said, ah, that's that's nonsense. No, they're, they're speaking very openly about depopulation. Yeah. 
This is true. They believe in it. They believe in it. They are talking about this stuff because they really think it. Recently, you may have seen Kamala Harris. Sure. She said that, um, you know, we need people to start having fewer kids. We need to reduce the population. This is how these people think. They are complete. They're anti-human to their core. Yeah, God less. I have said for years, you know, how the, the billionaires want their own private island. They want the globe to be their private island. They do. These elitists truly want, they, they'd be happy with about three and a half billion people max. Yeah, well, you know, actually the number that, um, oh, suddenly his name has gone straight out of my head. Uh, MIT, he's a, uh, he's a World Economic Forum agenda contributor, Dennis Meadows, Dr. Dennis Meadows. He is a guy, you can find him, you can find it on, on, on my podcast, you can find him on YouTube, elsewhere, where he is saying, and he sounds like your uncle, but then you start thinking, maybe it's my uncle on meth. You know, I, I don't know. But he says things like, uh, you know, gosh, you know, we really need to reduce the global population. Right now we're at about 8 billion. But, you know, the, the planet really can only sustain about 1 billion people. But, you know, maybe if we do it really efficiently, possibly 2 billion people. And then he starts talking about how we need a dictatorship. Mm. And this is all, you know, all these very reasonable tones. These people believe this stuff and this is the direction they're working in and so when i say they're anti-human i mean they're fundamentally yeah. anti-human and that's because their godless worldview that's where it leads them yeah well this is one of the reasons why i've been very slow to to just pass praise on to elon musk elon musk is a transhumanist i mean historically speaking he wanted to chip your brain and everything else uh and and whether or not he still adheres to those things i have no reason to believe that he doesn't um whether or not he still adheres to those things maybe he's had a change of heart i don't know he's changing a lot of things but i don't trust any of these guys when larry fink who's the head of blackrock gets up there and says we we have to modify and control behavior yes they mean that yes they do they mean that and i mean it to the point where new york city is now outlawing restaurants like if you order doordash you can't get a plastic fork plastic spoon or plastic oh, now knife you gotta get anymore. rid of pizza ovens you got to get rid of the pizza ovens yeah you've got to get rid of you got to get rid of the washers and the dryers you got to get rid of the gas stoves now we're talking about the water heaters you got to get rid of your you know your car but but then when you start talking about something that really is a global problem um and I know you've talked about this quite a lot on your show and also on your social media, Sound of Freedom, child trafficking. Yeah. Well, then they come along and go, this is such an exaggerated issue. This, they downplay it and act like it's not a big deal. And again, it kind of comes back to what I'm talking about, that they are anti-human. They don't care about those children. They do not care what they, they, what they want. There's no Greta Thunberg who's out there championing right. those children. They want you focused on the evils of your gas, the, the alleged evils of your, of your gas stove, of your alleged carbon footprint, more than they care about changing the situation yeah. of children who are being sex trafficked. Yeah. They don't want you talking about that. Which is obviously why we make the next logical conclusion and take that step and say, well, you guys must be involved. If you're not going to speak out against it, and it seems like there's a smoking gun here and there laying around. And But, of course, as soon as you do that, they say, well, Donald Trump hung out with Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, not yeah. – yeah, yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is, of course, the way these people work. They're, um, we do know that they are in on it. Yeah. And 
uh, to what extent they are in the sense of actual engaging, you know, are the are the executives at CNN are they all engaged in uh, you know child sex trafficking? They are certainly running interference for it. Yeah. What possible motive could you have in downplaying um, a a crisis like child sex trafficking and it is it's a global thing you know you you and i have discussed this many times we've both been in many countries around the world you can't go to a third world country that this you don't see elements of this yeah it just comes up all over the place and then you add to that you know we our adopted daughter from sasha i mean she can tell stories and just did on on one of our podcasts yeah and everybody needs to we'll talk about it in the next segment we everybody needs to listen to that particular podcast with your daughter sasha who you adopted from ukraine and what she went through and they didn't even scratch the surface of of what she has been through and so it's an incredible story incredible testimony uh, not the least of which, and most importantly, I believe, is is just God's grace in her life. But wow, what a powerful, powerful episode. Uh, I appreciate that episode. on her behalf. Yeah. She's a remarkable human being. Yeah. We're going to talk about it a little bit more. Um, all right, guys, before we go to break, everybody deals with that pain from time to time. And I'm not talking about Brandon and George over there. I'm talking about the stuff in your joints, that stuff that doesn't go away, that inflammation that you just live with. You sustain it. You deal with it. You move forward. Uh, sometimes you can't move forward because it consumes your life, that pain. You wake up every single day, and it fills your world and steals your joy. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Well, I believe that you can actually fix that, and uh, you don't have to live in pain. Relief Factor, they're a great partner, but they're a great product as well, and they're a great way to reduce pain, which is mostly caused by inflammation in the joints. And when you take it as directed, it could absolutely change your life. Now, it's not a drug, but it is developed by doctors, and I think you're going to love it. It reduces the inflammation in your body, and uh, 70% of the people who take it keep on taking it because it works. So if you're living with pain, try the three-week quick start. It's only $19.95. It's a trial pack, and you can get it by going to relieffactor.com or call them on the phone at 800-4-RELIEF. That's relieffactor.com. We'll be right back. So you, uh, we were having lunch. We went to the Thai place over here, and you asked me, have you been in Thailand? I was like, yeah, and we didn't bring this up to talk about it. But it's like you talk about the, the sex trafficking. We helped found an orphanage years ago in Thailand and then also in Cambodia, and it was specifically dedicated to girls who were at that age, usually around six, seven years old, where they are taken off the streets and usually yeah. trafficked into prostitution. Use it's prevalent in a place like Thailand. Yeah, it it's, it's become a punchline for sex tourism. Yes, uh, Jared from Subway, yeah. I believe, was uh, was up to no good over there. It's it is um, Thailand is certainly most famous for it, and I should say this: Thailand has m- many wonderful things that are worth going to visit. Unfortunately, it does get this you know this reputation. Murray Head's song, you know, one night in Bangkok. One night in Bangkok. Is, that song came makes on a hard recently. man humble. Yeah. I was we were, we were talking. I said, I said, we sang that. You know, that song was popular in the 80s. Yeah, it was. And I said, nobody had a clue what they were talking about. <laughs> they just sang right through that little song that little ditty and 100 that's what it was about it absolutely is it uh it's it's part of a what is it part of a musical or something called chess mm-hmm. but the uh but the it's they nail what bangkok is yeah. and what it's like and of course the government has often denied that this is the case but it's a it's a major source of revenue yeah. um for them and what they're doing is they're bringing a lot of these girls in from um from the north who are uh, coming from rural areas and they're funding their families you know they're 
they're they're sending they're sending money back home. And I actually I recently told an interesting little story on uh, on uh, our podcast where I was in one of these you know tuk tuks you know where it's you know little three wheeled you know big golf carts so they drive you around all over the city. And listen, I, I'm a guy who's been I mean I have been all over the world, so I feel like I know pretty well every trick of the trade. Right. But I wasn't ready for this one. A guy uh, that I was driving around with, I can't believe I fell for this. Uh, he took me to, and in Bangkok, this is actually, turns out this is quite prevalent, but he took me, you know, to, uh, you know, hey, do you want a suit? And I was like, nah, not really. But he pulls up in front of a suit place and he says, uh, if you go in there for just a few minutes, they actually pay me whether you buy anything or not. And I was like, yeah, I'll play along. I'll go in and look, look around. Then he drives me to another place like a souvenir store and I'm not really looking for a snow globe, but same thing. And, uh, and I thought, well, I'll go in there and, you know, get something kind of funny, you know, send to the kids or something. And then the next place he's telling me, he says, you know, this is a you know, cool nightclub, you know, and I was like, I, I'm not a partier. I have no desire to go to a nightclub, but you know, I would, he's just touring me around, you know, I will go into a city and I'll hire a taxi driver because nobody knows cities like right. taxi drivers and you can have some interesting conversations so we pull up at this place and it looks normal enough outside but as soon as i walk in these curtains open and it is all these girls who are sitting on stage like a stage mm -hmm. now as far as i could tell th th these were probably adults but i'm horrified because i've realized i've just walked into a brothel so i turn around to leave and as i'm leaving this guy is following me out and he says what you like what you like what you like and you got the sense that if i had said you know i'm into little boys mm -hmm. or I'm into little girls, they would have provided it. I'm almost positive that would have been the case. Yeah. And uh, meaning that the, 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 the window front of these operations is that it's all quite legal and it is legal. The prostitution is legal, but behind that, you know, under the counter, so to speak, is another product that they know a lot of Western businessmen or so on are looking for and they'll sell it to you. They're just not going to put it in the window front. And that's these children that are being trafficked. And of course they're being trafficked all over the world, all over the world. And it's bigger than ever, bigger than ever. I mean, and, and people can complain about the makers of sound. I've seen it all, you know, because I heavily promoted Sound of Freedom. I, I, I know am, you did. Yeah, I'm friends with the makers. Good. I'm friends with, you know, Tim Ballard. I mean, Underground it, it, Railroad, I, all these different things. You know, I've known them for years. We were able to screen the movie years ago. Uh, you know, the work that Glenn has put into it. And people, it's amazing to me. People, people push back and they say, oh, it's not happening like that. Or maybe you need to investigate the movie makers. And I'm like, I don't care if God used Lucifer himself to make this movie. It's an eye-opening movie that regardless it of what It brings attention to it, the subject. Exactly. And, and it's opening people's eyes to what's happening. And then they say, well, it's happening in the churches. And it's happening. Uh, stop. That's, you're, 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 that's a smokescreen. We know it's happening everywhere. There, there are sick individuals in, in humanity. We know that. We've got to put them all in the wood chipper as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but you've got to expose this network for what it is. You adopted your daughter. And I love, I love your family. And I love your wife. Lori's awesome. And uh, she's so gracious. I mean, she's, I go to y'all's house there in Alabama, and it's a beautiful setting. It's a beautiful like a you live in a retreat love having you and we got to get cj there yeah, next, I, so. I, yeah i will see about that we'll see if she can come we don't know girls mess things up dude but <laughs> but your wife is so so charming and so good and she just just good and she's a strong woman she has to be to put up with you but your daughter 100%. your daughter sasha sasha 
How old was she when you adopted her? Now, I know you brought her out of a, a utopia, this wonderful place where we spend called a lot of Ukraine. money. Call Ukraine. Ukraine yeah. is a hellhole. Yeah. Um, it really is. Um, we adopted her just... Uh, she left the country on May Day. You know, we celebrate every year with her May Day. Her birthday is May 19. So she was she was 10, almost 11 um, when we adopted her. But we, we celebrate with her both her birthday and May Day every year. Because we yeah. go, it was on this day, Sasha, in... 2009 that you left that country this was your liberation day may Mm. 1st and yeah so she was she was a child but um 10 years you know she was abandoned at birth and uh 10 years the first 10 years of her life were spent in three different ukrainian orphanages so while you can we we can all say you know gosh she was a child she spent a decade in in hellish places truly hellish places yeah experiencing abuse and just the, the of every kind things that you can imagine from something and she's like the most that. lovely soul she is and she's a beautiful girl inside and out and 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 married now with, happily married with a child little, little abby kate um their uh their daughter my granddaughter who's just as uh, cute and as happy as can be and you know i was having i was was sitting and thinking when uh little abby kate is 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 bouncing on my knee one day how remarkable it was what the Lord had done because see, see what happens with these children is not only in the orphanage are they trafficked. I mean, they're sold, can be rented out, you know, they're drugged and taken somewhere, you know, for, for nefarious reasons, Mm -hmm. but then they're pushed out onto the street at 16. They have no education. They have no training. So they're kicked out of the orphanage. That's right. They're given just a little bit of money. And they often end up in the hands of the mafia. Mm. He uses the boys maybe for, mu- uh, for muscle or something like that. The girls, 60% of them, end up in prostitution. Mm. And, uh, and we think that maybe Sasha's biological mother may have been in the orphanage herself and then eventually had a child. And then, you know, she didn't abort the child. We're very grateful for that. And... Um, but that it just perpetuates itself. You see that that you end up on the street, you have a child, that child goes into you know into an orphanage, and then it just keeps going. Uh, this sort of thing is uh, is very prevalent and very common. And yet here I am with Abby Kate thinking, you know, Sasha is out from that, and now little Abigail is two steps out from that. Yeah. And here she is. She will grow up without any knowledge of yeah. any of these things. Be so foreign to her. But that's because of the, the, the determination of her mother. Yeah. I hear people all the time, because I've been very outspoken as a pro-life man who fights for those who don't have a voice, and that is the unborn. And yes. so we get pushback. Say, well, that's the problem with you conservatives. You don't care about them after they've been born. I was yeah. like, well, I'm the wrong tree to bark up because I've started orphanages. We've done... It's complete you know, nonsense. You know, it's it's, it's nonsense. Evangelicals and, and, adopt more children than any other demographic. One hundred percent, by far. And it's amazing to me that these who want to push back and and I said, you know, listen. Oh, what about these products of rape? Well, I, I, I you know, it's sad. It's tragic. And I and I'll tell you what, I know that two wrongs never make a right. So murder on top of the ignominy of 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 rape never heals anybody. Um, there now you're now you're adding a guilty conscience on top of that and, and so to your point with with your granddaughter now i mean just in a generation so much healing happens but so much is washed away 
And that's what people take for granted. They think we're living for just this generation. It's, we're living beyond ourselves. Whether you know it or not, you are a seed that's planted. Now, it may not bear fruit. You may, it might be a crappy seed. I hope that we choose to live our lives in such a way that the seed planting comes out and bears good fruit. But in just one generation, it's amazing how much can be washed away. It's know? absolutely incredible by God's grace, God's goodness uh, in my life, in the life of uh, my children, uh, Sasha's life, our grandchildren. Uh, it's absolutely amazing to see what can happen there when small steps of faith you know, are taken. And even that process of, of, of adoption, I don't know if I've ever said this to you, Chad, the government itself really doesn't want to see the adoption take place. Mm. So a lot of a lot of pressure is applied. Federal government you know, allows them. There's there's money to be had. It's a business, but at the lower level, it's kind of embarrassing, you know, because it it it's a reminder that they're a third world country, and so part of the process of adoption means you have to go before a judge. Yeah. And Sasha, at ten years old, had to stand before this judge in this courtroom by herself while the judge is saying to her very very leading questions are you sure you want to be adopted Mm. do you know these people you know you'll never be able to come back again you know they don't speak english there you know and she she was trying to frighten her Mm. and sasha and one of the one of the boldest things maybe the boldest thing i've ever seen he just kept saying da da Da, which is yes, 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 in, in, in Russia. Do you want to be adopted? Da, do you know that, that, that they speak English in that country? Da, do you know you can't come back? Da, you know, and she, you know, Sasha, just as bold as brass, would not be intimidated by that judge. I mean, think about that. Yeah. She doesn't have the sophistication of a, you know, here's this legal mind, you know, this woman who's doing this, and here she is, just a 10 year old. No one is standing with her. She's standing by herself in front of the judge who's trying to pressure her to say no. How incredible is that? Yeah. And from and based off of NBA, guys, you got to watch the podcast episode. Where, where can people find the podcast? Uh, they can find Ideas Have Consequences, Larry Alex Taunton. They can find that on YouTube. They can find it on my Twitter, you know, at Larry Taunton. And this, this thing is, this podcast is, is, you've been doing that for a while but this podcast is really blowing up and I'm proud to see that. I, I love it. this format that you're doing with this podcast, but the the episode you did just what last week, just last, last week, it's powerful. Everybody needs to go download stream and listen to this. It was story. hard. It was, I was so proud of Sasha because it was hard for her to do that podcast, yeah. but she wanted to do it. Yeah. I mean, imagine I, I went to see sound of freedom with her. Yeah. So uh, her husband, her fine husband, Dalton, is sitting on one side of her, and I'm sitting on the other, and yeah, we're both kind of watching her as all this is taking place, because I thought, this might really trigger some trauma for her. These memories, you know, I, I, we have kind of a rule in our household. We don't ask Sasha questions. We let her reveal what she wants to ask, mm-hmm. what she wants to tell us. Nothing more. I, I don't, I don't want to delve there. And um, but she felt so strongly um, about that film, so strongly about the issues that she wanted to speak about them. And uh, Sasha's not a polished speaker, and that's part of what makes her a very powerful spokesperson. Because if you watch that podcast, you can tell that it's costing her something to relive this and to 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 tell her story. And she says, "Dad, I need you to carry it. I need you to carry the podcast." Mm-hmm. 
and then just ask me some questions I'll, and I'll answer them. And she just, she's just beautiful in the, in the way that she goes through that and the way she does that. It's powerful. Uh, we were talking about it again at dinner last night, and I was just recollecting some of the things that I heard in the conversation and across the dinner. And then CJ looks at me and she goes, are you crying again? <laughs> we both were. <laughs> yeah. She in the room? I don't like you, woman. She, you can't cry secretly with CJ around. She will call you out. I wear my tears with honor, lady. Crazy woman. Golly. Anyway, dude, it's powerful, and I want everybody to, to go. Well, I appreciate you it. saying that, do. and uh, and everybody needs to tune in. And, and we had a great conversation on. I don't know when that one's going to be released, but we solved all the world's problems. Yes, we did, and so. that'll that'll probably come out in the next week or two. I have to yeah. go. Speaking of traveling, and speaking of child trafficking and uh, horrors in uh, in the third world, I'm I'm going to be back in Nigeria soon, which is Ooh. arguably the most dangerous country in the world. I've been there before. No question about it. In the, uh, in the north of the country, it's, uh, it's pretty rough. And I've, the last where, time where I was there, I, well, I'm going to Lagos. The last time I flew into Abuja yeah. and then went out on the open road six hours to the north. Yeah. And that is, <laughs> you're driving past, you know, burning villages, you're driving past, you know, tire, burning tires in the middle of the road to try to slow you down, uh, military checkpoints, this kind of thing. I won't be going into the north this time which should be a little bit better but but yeah you see some things that are quite upsetting um and uh, and things that are being ignored you know the the slaughter of christians that is taking place around the world did you know that a hundred thousand christians die for their faith in what what is referred to as a situation of witness meaning we're not just talking about having car accidents we're talking about people who are targeted Mm -hmm. for their faith a hundred thousand a year of them are dying. It's a it's an absolute. Uh, I like the way the Spectator put it. It is the unreported catastrophe mm-hmm. of our time. It's a genocide. Yeah, and uh, that's taking place in Nigeria as we speak with the Fulani herdsmen militia and the Boko Haram. Yeah, people people are often quick to talk about things like Ukraine. They don't talk about what's happening in places like care. Nigeria, and they don't care. They don't care. They don't care. They just think, ah, oh, they've been killing each other for generations. Well, they have in Eastern Europe too, but you know, for millennia. Yeah. <laughs> but yet here we are. We get involved in that, but we don't think about yeah. Prayers for you going back into Nigeria. That's one place. As many times as it. I've been, as much time as I've spent there, I've said I don't want to ever go back. Well, and uh, when we were talking about you know the time I spent in Europe, one of the things that I did earlier this year, which I, I didn't mention, I don't know if I told you about this, but I went to Poland mm-hmm. because I wanted to, to you know to take a little bit of a look at the war refugee situation, the, the refugees who are coming out of Ukraine, and there are loads of them are coming into cities like yeah. uh, Warsaw and Krakow. And yeah. guess what? They will tell you they're not seeing any of those billions of dollars they're not seeing none any of it. it so when i hear people say things like well ukraine ought to be doing great with all the money we're sending over there well it's 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 going to corrupt causes it's being laundered yeah. it is not helping the war refugee situation yeah, we, we, it's mostly christians who are funding it here right. to help those people right we now know that the ukrainian bank their their federal bank if you will their bank account has more money in it now than it ever has in the history of the country yep. and that is american dollars all right we've got to take a break uh guys you, you i'm gonna tell you one more time get them guns out you got to clean those guns it's a dirty job but it is a responsible part of being a gun owner and i don't like using the patches i don't like using the boar snakes i like using barrel buddy barrel buddy is a better solution and i think you'll like it they compress to fill the interior of your gun's barrel and they clean the rifling grooves they fit all the caliber firearms you may have 
and they're composed of the polymers that don't leave behind the residual particulates, which makes it a safer process as well. It scrubs, it collects particulates, it absorbs the remaining residue, it buffs the interior surface clean. You can lubricate your firearm while you're cleaning it. It really is genius. Cleaning your guns is a really important step, and some of your guns are begging for a bath, folks. So head over to BarrelBuddy.com. It's a new concept. It's a better way to take care of your firearms, and it's extremely affordable, and you're going to love it. I guarantee it. Go to BarrelBuddy.com. That is BarrelBuddy.com. We'll be right back. Hey, guys, uh, I want to give a special thanks to my very dear friend, uh, Larry Taunton, for being here. Uh, There's a lot more we want to talk about. I want to get into uh, some of his history, but also what kind of gave him a name, and that is debating atheists around the world. We're going to do that on overtime this week so make sure you're subscribed to blaze tv blaze tv.com slash chad use promo code chad if you haven't subscribed but uh overtime is under the chad prather show tab in the blaze app on fridays and i want you to watch it so watch chad.com is where all the fun stuff is we love you god bless you we'll see you tomorrow bye